welcome to church this morning. Thank you, Phil. So good to have each and every one of you here this morning. Uh, today, as we took a break last week because we have Baptism Sunday. Who was here last week? It was an incredible, incredible time. We baptized uh, 13 individuals. It was amazing. Uh, just incredible, incredible things happening here at Oasis Church Chicago. And what God's doing in people's lives is just, it's really good. Really good. So that's the only words I can use right now. Uh, it's been powerful to see lives transformed and changed. And uh, it's only God, right? We're not that good. We're not that good. None of us are that good. Uh, but God's good. And so we took a, a break from our sermon series, Building the Core. And uh, we're finishing it today with the final installment of our Core Value series. Um, and we've gone through this series because we believe it's important for our church community. Um, but no matter if you call this home or not, these are important messages for you to take and to go and take into your life and, to, and take those things that we've discovered and learned and take them into your spaces and places and use uh, these messages to impact where God's called you to be at. Amen? So we've talked about people, our calling, prayer, our direct line, generosity, our gift, serving over self. And today we're going to finish this one, um, and it's entitled, Hands Open Wide. Hands Open open wide with a little subtitle called Loving Your Neighbor. Loving Our Neighbor. Hands open wide, loving our neighbor. I'm going to be reading out of Luke 10, 25 through 37. I'm going to be reading a little different translation. It's called the Message Translation, so people are already judging. It's all right. It's the Bible. So I'm going to read it. I like how this reads. It's a modern-day paraphrased version of the Bible. But the way that this reads is so impactful, so awesome, and um, I just trust that you will go home today and throughout this week and you'll read this message continually and let it flow through your body and through your soul and through your mind. And uh, I want to talk today about how we are called to live with hands open wide. How do we do this, right? Anybody else wonder, when I say hands open, how do you, how do, you do it, JP? Tell me. And I'm the same way, like, Jesus, you, you've called us to be a church that has hands open wide to this city, to people, to everyone around us, to our neighbors. How do we do this? And I think the only place to go is to Jesus. Right? Amen? The only place to go is to Jesus. I could tell you some really good things. I could come up with some stuff. Right? It would be awesome. <laughs> but it would be for me. And that's not good. Why don't we go to the one that's the source, the one that's the creator of all things, the one that actually is leading us and guiding us and directing us. Why don't we go to Jesus' word? And so when we wrote these core values, and this was the last one for us as a church to say, we want to live with hands open wide, I immediately read this story. I read this story and I said, this is how we live with hands open wide. It's a story that many of you would know, but it's about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. Jesus is talking to a, a, an expert to a, a, in the law what would commentaries would say, a lawyer, a very smart individual. And the lawyer asks him a very uh, a, a pivotal question. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answers this man with this, this powerful, powerful message and story. So I'm going to read this out of the message version, and we're going to jump into this. Y'all excited to be in church this morning? Come on, this is going to be good. And he says this, I think it's going to be up on the screen, starting in chapter 5. Just then, a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. How many of you know it's not good to test Jesus? But his grace is amazing and he's calm enough to respond with love. He says, teacher, what must I do? What do I need to do to get eternal life? He answered.
answered, Jesus answered, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? I love Jesus' response. He said, the lawyer, that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence, and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. Good answer, Jesus said. Good answer. Do it, and you'll live. Jesus says, great answer. Fantastic. You got an A. Well done, man. Now go do it. Looking for a loophole. <laughs> Looking for a loophole. Anybody else ever try to find a loophole in Scripture? If you, if you don't have your hand up, you're all lying. Because my hand is up. I've been there like, I don't like that. I want to black that out. I want a loophole here. Jesus doesn't have loopholes. He says, looking for a loophole, he asked, and just how would you define neighbor? Hey, Jesus, tell me this. How do you really define who actually is my neighbor? Right? And Jesus answered by telling a story. There was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road. But when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite, religious man, showed up. He also avoided the injured man. Then a Samaritan, traveling the road, came on him. When he saw the man's conditions, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on the way back. Anybody thankful for friends that say, I, I got your tab. I'm covering it today. I'm thankful for Jesus covering my tab. Amen. He says, I'll, I'll pay when I get back. What do you think, Jesus says? Which of these, which of the three became a neighbor to a man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar responded. Jesus said, go and do the same. Jesus, today, these are your words. I pray today, God, even in this time, in this space, God, that you would allow these words to take deep root into our heart. May we take this message and may we walk out into the city, God. May we take all these messages of, of the core values, God, and may we take them and may we walk out to this city, God, to our sp spaces and places that we've been called to, and may we be your light. May we be your salt to this earth, God. May we live like you have called us to live, God. God, may we not look for loopholes. <laughs> may we ultimately live by your words. God, give us strength to do it. Give us the courage to do it. God, help our minds to think the right thoughts, to dwell on the right things. And God, in order to do that, God, would you be the center of it all? We ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. It's a powerful story, right? A very interesting story. Jesus is a great teacher. I, I wish I could have been around at that time and heard Jesus talk to these individuals. And he's basically saying to this lawyer, hey, you got to live with hands open wide. you got to love your neighbor. I was uh, recently saved right out of college. As many of you know my testimony, I got saved my senior year of college. I came to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I surrendered my life to him, and he began to change me, and he's still changing me from the inside out today. Anybody thankful that God still works in us today? Amen? None of you all reach perfection. All right? He's still working in you today. 
And I remember uh, getting into an apartment uh, with two other buddies, and then we had a year go by, and then my, my now brother-in-law moved in a year later, and another really close friend of mine moved in, and it was a really cool setup. We were encouraging each other. We were sharpening each other. We were speaking life to each other. And then, month in, we had some neighbors move in below us. These amazing individuals. <laughs> like five girls moved in right below us. I love them, you know, to this day. But <laughs> there was many a time at 3 a.m. when I was awoke to a foghorn going off. Why at 3 a.m.? No, no answer, really, just because they wanted to. To massive parties happening right below us. To, to them hitting our ceiling with brooms or bats or whatever choice thing that they could find to hit the ceiling at 3 in the morning. Why? Why? Why, God? <laughs> Why, God, have you forsaken me? Like, where are you? And we became so angry and so mad, and we would just wake up in the middle of the night. We'd look at each other, my roommates, and we'd be like, we got to do something. we got to go down there. we got to put them in their place. I'm going to tell these fine young individuals that they need to get it together. And they're like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. So we just called the cops. <laughs> Being honest. <laughs> we just called the cops like, yo, it's 3 in the morning. Y'all got to chill out, right? But then on the other side of our hallway, right across the door from us, we had an amazing couple move in with three little kids. They were from overseas. And then the first day they moved in, they walked in, and they knocked on our door, and they came with a full spread of food. Oh, come on, somebody. How many of you thankful when people bring you food? Especially broke after-school college kids, right? Like, I was like, yo, this is a spread. They're like, yeah, yeah, this is for you guys. We just wanted to say thank you for having us in the building. You guys are awesome. And we're like, you are amazing neighbors. They kept doing it time and time again, and we'd be like, oh, my gosh, how can we help you? How can we serve you? How can we give a hand to you? Do you need us to watch your children? They're like, maybe. Three guys, like, taking care of babies. Not ever a good plan, ever. We're like, well, whatever you need, we'll do it for you. Like, you guys are incredible. You've loved us. You've, you've not caused any ruckus, but the people below us, woo. Uh-uh. I ain't giving them anything. Right? And I remember praying and Sitting in my room one morning, and God clearly said, hey, JP, you know, I've called you to live with hands open one day. I've called you to live as my son and as a servant to all people. But it's real easy for you to love the people across the hall from you. It's real easy to go and give your hands to those people because you're going to get something in return. They're going to treat you with kindness. They're going to treat you with compassion. They're going to give you food, right? But, JP... The people right below you, those are your neighbors too. What are you doing? God, but. No, JP, there's no buts. <laughs> no, you don't understand, God. I can't say. It doesn't matter. JP, those are your neighbors right below you. No, God, I, I have some excuses. I have some complaints filed. They are not my neighbors. JP, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter where they're from. It doesn't matter how they treat you. They are your neighbors. And if you're going to love the people across the hall this, that way, then you better start loving the people below you that way. Anybody ever been there before? My hand's up. I felt the weight of conviction on my life. I remember, I remember to this day, I said to, to my brother-in-law, Alex, I said, we got to go down there. He was like, what? I was like, we, we got to go down there. So we went down there like nervous, like we knocked on the, the door and three girls opened up the door like fists ready to go. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> chill. I was like, hey, I just wanted to say I'm sorry. They're like, what? I'm like, I, I, this isn't a private. I said, I'm sorry. I said, we've mistreated you. They're like, 
No, no, we've mistreated you. Uh, imagine that scene, right, with me. Like, it was such a, a, a scene, like, I can treat these people that treat me well super kind. But the people that don't treat me well, I'm not going to treat them kind. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you're going to live with arms open wide, if you're going to live with hands open wide, then this is for all people. Well, I, I think that I asked the same question that the lawyer asked. Like, Jesus, who really is my neighbor? Right? Like, who really is my neighbor? Jesus, help me. I, I want to know who my neighbor is. Because if you're calling me to live hands open wide, there's a lot of people in my arena. There's a lot of people in my spaces. Help me to figure out who is my neighbor. So Jesus begins to tell this story. Some context here. Jesus is teaching to a Jewish audience at this time, right? And the man in the audience is an expert in the law. He's a lawyer, and he, he's very intelligent, and he wanted to test Jesus. Basically, he wanted to say, hey, am I good? Right? He wanted to say, hey, am I good? He said, Jesus, what do you have to do to obtain eternal life. And Jesus said, well, what do you think you have to do? What does the law say? You're an expert in it. And he says, well, the law says love the Lord your God with all your heart and then also love your neighbor. And Jesus says, good. Well done, man. Thumbs up. You got an A, right? But then the religious leader does something. He says, but Jesus, I got another question for you. Who is my neighbor? See, when you live in religion, you start to ask questions like that. You start to say, but Jesus, no, 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 Jesus, I, I have my group of people. <laughs> I have my friends. I have my family. I got my neighbors. And this guy's going, no, 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 but, like, who really is my neighbor? Jesus, give me an answer that I want to hear. Anybody ever want to hear an answer from Jesus that you want to hear? And Jesus is like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Who is my neighbor? He's looking for a loophole. And Jesus says to him, no, this isn't about a religious spirit just trying to get what you want. This is about living in grace. You know what grace is? It's something that you freely have been given. So when you receive grace, when you walk in a grace relationship with Jesus Christ, this way, you start to give grace out freely. You don't withhold from people. You don't just hang on because you're just like, they're going to burn me. I don't want to help them. No, you give. This makes sense. Y'all quiet today. I know it's raining outside and you had to get through this traffic and now you're like, I don't want to tell me. You don't have to tell me who my neighbor is, Jason. No, I think more than ever today, we need, especially today in this city, we need to say, I'm not going to ask the question, who is my neighbor? I'm just going to say, Jesus, how can I love everyone around me? Because church is just about love. Yes. Who is my neighbor? Jesus. See, we church folk ask this all the time. If you've grown up in church, we do this. I've grown up in church. I'm a pastor's kid. We say this all the time. Pray for me. <laughs> I'm going to pray for my child. <laughs> Being a pastor's kid, seeing the church, ins and outs of church, it can get a little crazy at times. But we as church people, if you grow up in the church, if you love Jesus, we ask this question all the time, right? Jesus, do you know the neighbor that I have next door to me? The one that doesn't cut his grass, the one that doesn't take care of his lawn, the one that doesn't clean up after his dog. Jesus, the one that just disowns cars. Jesus, that person, they need Jesus, right? I'm just going to lay hands on the wall and just believe that they're going to receive Jesus. Don't laugh. It's the truth. We get so frustrated. I'm going to call the cops. Jesus is like, no, why don't you just go be Jesus to them? Why don't you get your butt up off the couch, turn off the TV, and go and be Jesus to your neighbor? No, Jesus, they don't look like me. Oh, Jesus, they don't think like me. Jesus, we have way different political views, Jesus. In the kingdom of God? Political views just go out the window. 
Listen, I, I'm, I'm passionate about this more than ever. It's, I'm, a, I'm a Republican. Well, I'm a Democrat. No, you're a child of God first. And when you start to think this way and you start to act this way and you start to believe this way, it doesn't matter. You can have opinions. This is a free country, and that's awesome. God bless you. But if you're operating out of a position instead of where you're at in a position of God, you're operating out the wrong way. You're like, well, they're not my neighbor because they don't think the same way I do. They don't act the same way I do. They don't talk the same way I do. So, Jesus, you deal with them. I'm going to go around the circle of people that talk and act and think like me. Jesus, who's my neighbor? Those people, JT. JT, those people are your neighbors. How are you going to handle them? How are you going to reach them? How are you going to grab them? Jesus, I want to serve with hands open wide, but this is hard. Jesus, people don't always respond in the best way. It's okay, son. Keep loving them. But Jesus, ah, it's hard. Son, keep loving them. Keep your hands open wide. Jesus, but how? (laughs) Jesus answers a question with a story. Typical Jesus. Right? You read the Bible, you ask Jesus a question, he answers it with a story. You're like, could you just answer the question, please? <laughs> I just want a straight answer. Anybody ever want a straight answer, right? And you're like, open up scripture, you get these long narratives. You're like, okay. He tells this story of a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. The man leaving Jerusalem would definitely, most likely be a Jewish person traveling down a street. And as he's traveling, he encounters robbers. He encounters these men that that strip him of his clothes, they beat him to death, they leave him, the scripture says, half dead on the road, right? He's just traveling, they hurt him, they go after him, they beat him up. This man is badly hurt. See, the thing about this too, let me just say this, we don't always see the physical hurt in our neighbors, but people have hurt in them. And when you treat people like Jesus would treat them, you can start to heal their hurt. Hello. No, that's a good word. We all need to receive that this week. See, when you may not necessarily see the hurt on the outside, you don't see people beat up and left on the side of the road for dead. But I'm telling you right now, walk out into that street, go stand among those people running the marathon, and you're going to see, if you just say, God, help me to love them, you're going to start to hear their pain. You're going to start to hear their sorrow. You're going to start to hear where they're lacking, where they're hurting, where they're just depressed and anxiety. And you can say, hey, I got an answer for you. I want to be your neighbor right now. Hello? See, when we start to see how Jesus responds, we start to live it out. See, there's three different people that come in this story, right? First guy's a priest, a pastor, right? The pastor. We'll just send the pastor to go help them out. I'll just have the pastor pray for me. I can't have anybody else pray for me, just the pastor. (laughs) You guys all laugh. It's the truth. It's not how it works. Because guess what? Each and every one of you have the same direct access to the throne room of grace as I do. Don't forget that. Please, can I be honest? Can we just be a family here this morning? Like, don't forget that. You don't need the pastor to pray for you. (laughs) I want to. I do. But there are people in here that will lay hands on you, and they'll pray for you, and they'll call down heaven for you. You don't need the pastor, right? It's a side sermon. Another time, another day, right? Getting off track. But the priest, right, he's the man that's called to help people, right? And he he sees this man, I, I believe he sees this man on the road, and he probably gets overwhelmed. He probably looks at his watch or whatever they had back then. Was it the sun setting too much? Is that what they're talking about? I don't know. Is that even a thing? Like, he's like, oh, it's this time. Uh, yeah, no, I can't. It's too much. Right? He sees the guy on the side of the road. He's like, no, this is, 
no, this is too much for me. This is too heavy. This is too hard. I, I got to go. I got things to do. I'm the priest. I got people to reach. And it says that he passed by. I see this guy kind of looking at this situation. He sees the problem and he says this. See, this is us sometimes, right? He says this. That's not my problem. That's not my neighbor. That's not my problem. Ooh, really, really hard on us this morning. No, 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 I, I'll just leave some, someone else figure that mess out. That's too messy for me. That's too much for me. That's not my neighbor. I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do it, so I don't got to deal with it. I, it's too big. This is how Christians act sometimes. It's too big. It's too messy. That's why I talk a lot sometimes about the violence in the city. People are like, yo, Jay, stop harping on the violence. Why? Because you're not causing the violence. What? What? <laughs> you want to see me go from zero to 100 real fast? Come on. Say that, please. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't matter if I didn't cause the problem. Those are my neighbors. And we are called to be the church. This is my problem. This is your problem. If you live in Chicago, this is our problem. The most segregated city in the world, this is our problem. Oh, it's too messy, too dark. This is what the priest did. He just kept walking right by. He didn't cause the problem, so he didn't have to fix the problem. We know it's easier just to put blinders on the problems, right? I'll just stay in my lane. I'll just stay in my circle. I'll just let the community leaders deal with it. I'll let the mayor's office deal with it. I'll let the first responders deal with it. And this is not for me to deal with, right? I see it sometimes in a lot of us. We step out into the city, in this dark city, and we see things happening, and we're just like, ah, Oh, got a dinner date. Sorry. Got to go. And Jesus is saying, no, this is your neighbor right here, right now. Will you be like the priest or will you be like what I'm calling you to love your neighbor as yourself? And the other day I was driving with Rachel. Does this make sense this morning? I was driving with Rachel the other day and she won't even remember this. Maybe she will. We were coming back from somewhere and I was in a hurry and there was a guy carrying a backpack and he was walking while we had a green light to go through, right? So he's walking against the signage of, of people that can walk on there. So I saw like a hand and then the walk sign. Don't walk? Sure. We had the do not walk sign. <laughs> and he's just walking. And I'm trying to turn onto Taylor Street. He's just taking his time walking with a backpack and I'm getting angry, right? I'm angry. <laughs> I'm human. I said, come on, get out of my path. <laughs> Homeless dude. <laughs> like, come on, man, move, move. I gotta go. I gotta get you home. <laughs> I need my smoothie. I remember turning the car and I turned the car. All joking aside, for real. And I saw this guy. I looked at him face to face. And my heart just went. <laughs> and God's like, yo, Jay, why don't you get out of the car and go talk to that guy? Guys, I'm gonna be real raw here. You know what I did? I hit the gas. I hit the gas. I said, that's not my neighbor. <laughs> I got things to do. I got places to be. I got situations to handle. That's not my, I don't, I don't know that guy. That's not my problem. That's not my situation. I don't need to fix it. I'll leave it up to somebody else. And I remember driving home, and I got into the driveway. We walked up the stairs, and Rachel was there. I got into the bathroom. I started getting ready to jump in the shower. I began to weep. I said, God, if I'm going to do this, I don't want to be like that. 
I want to be above that. I want to love my neighbor. And if you put it on my heart to get out of the car and just talk to that guy, say, God, give me the courage to love my neighbor as myself. Some of you all can't love your neighbors because you don't love yourself. Maybe that's where we need to start today. Love yourself. Jesus died on a cross to give you freedom, to give you hope, to give you a brand new life. You are a brand new person. Filled with his presence. He's smiling down from heaven at you right now. And I remember saying, man, God, help me. I don't want to just look past the problem. I just don't want to say it's somebody else's problem to deal with. That's not living with hands open wide. You know what's living like? You know when you talk to someone like this? I've learned this is very awkward to talk to somebody. How you doing? Good. Yeah? How are you really doing? Fantastic. Kind of gives off the vibe that you're doing really good, man. No, I'm, do- I'm great. Doing really well. And then you start to step forward to them. They're like stepping back like. Because people are closed off. They're, 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 they're defensive. You know what you do when you live with hands open wide, when you trust Jesus with everything, when you serve other people, when you get outside of yourself, when people walk up to you and they say, how you doing? You say, I'm, I'm good. Isn't this a lot more inviting? Hey, good. Got this. Yeah, good. How you doing? Great. Really? Looks like it. No, this is serious. This happens all the time. We can't live with arms closed off. The priest walked with his, I believe the priest walked past that guy like, nope, mm-mm, not today. Don't have time for that. Nope, I got to get home. I got family. I got kids. I got a job. I got this, I got that. I got this, I got that. I got to get home. This is too messy. It's too big. And Jesus gives this example. The priest's whole job was to help people with problems. Just because you didn't do it doesn't mean you can't help anybody. Okay? Second thing is this. The second person, the Levite man. He also passes by. He looks at him and keeps passing by. See, the Levite was the man that assisted the priest. He assisted the priest. He's also a man that was supposed to. My wife is giving me an age look. Bless you all. I'm praying for you. He was also a man that was called to help people. He's an assistant to the priest. And and I believe he sees this and he says something like this. He walks past him, and he doesn't say, hey, that's too big of a problem, I can't fix it. He says this, because this is going to hit some of us today, it hit me. He's like, that's not in my job description. That's the priest's job. That's not my job. No, my job is just to assist the priest. That, that guy right there, that's the priest's job, not my job, not in my description. Jesus says this specifically. Why do I think he says this? Because he says it is our job. It is our commission. Hey, if you follow me, if you've received me, you are my son and my daughter. It is all of our commission now. It is in your job description now. You want a job description from heaven? It's this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Who's my neighbor? Everybody. It's not in my job description. Yes, it is. Ah, no, no, I don't get paid for that one. Yes, you do. It's called eternity. promise that's waiting for you. And guess what? You can bring that person with us. Maybe? Maybe? Okay. See, both of these men carry a strong title. Both of these men carry a very strong title. Titles tell us what we do, right? Right? You're a carpenter, you do what? You build homes. You're a nurse, you help people. You're a dentist, uh, well, you're a marathon runner, you run a marathon. The rest of us, smart. Right? Like, titles tell people what you do, right? Title indicates what we do. And in order to wear those titles, you have to do the job that's attached to the title, right? Right? Amen? 
So you can't walk into a, a doctor's office and be like, I'm a carpenter, I'm here to fix your leg. Excuse me, where's the doctor? No, I'm a carpenter. I'll handle this one. Put some splints up around that thing, frame that thing out. We'll get you out of here in no time, buddy. Uh, 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 what? The titles tell us what we do. They commission us to go and do the work that we have. These men had titles. And they weren't living up to the title. We all have a title. You know what the title is? Child of God. A follower of Jesus. And so if you're going to wear the title, can I be real honest? If you're going to wear the title of Christian, then let's act like Christians. If we're going to wear the title of, I'm a Christian, put it on my badge. Then let's start to act like Christians together. Can we do this? Then we don't just get blinders on. We just don't get like, what? Those are my responsibilities. These people are my responsibility. My neighbor is my neighbor, and I'm going to love them regardless of how much they give back to me, regardless of how much they, they do, do something in return for me. I'm going to love these people because they are my neighbors, and I wear a title of a follower of Jesus Christ. Does this make sense? The whole job was to serve people. See, I don't want to waste this church in Chicago to not be like this. I said this when we preached the last time. I said if we're not careful and we don't live with hands open wide, we're going to look at the city and say it's someone else's job. No, it's Oasis Church Chicago and every church in the city that proclaims the name of Jesus Christ is ours. To go out there and to change this city from the inside out. Guys, I said it a few weeks ago. The mayor's office can't do it. The police can't do it. The political systems can't do it. Guess who does it? The church of Jesus Christ. The people that are filled with love from on high that can go out and love people in the best way. Not with emotion. I just feel emotional today. I'm going to go do something. No, I feel strongly about it. And I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go love my neighbor. It's not too dark. It's not too messy. I don't care if it's in my job description or not. I'm going to go do something. I'm going to live a life that has hands open wide. I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. I'm going to love the coworker next to me that just is constantly on her phone talking to her boyfriend. And I can't get any work done. And I just want to reach over there, grab the cell phone, throw it out the window. That's my neighbor. That's my neighbor. We don't need a title. We don't need to, to feel like we're adequate enough. Jesus has equipped you. And he put his spirit inside of you. Hello? I know this is hard. Like, give me the fun, good message. That, tell me how good I'm doing. Right? Please help me. No, you're doing better than you think you're doing. Right? But we can be better. Amen? Then the third person is this, the Samaritan. We're going to close with this. You know, Jesus is speaking to a Jewish crowd, and when he says the word Samaritan, you know, it's not a good, not a good thing to say to those people, right? It's basically saying, hey, the half-bred, the least of these, the ones that aren't really that good, Samaritan. Yeah, yeah, the priest passed by, the Levite passed by, the holy people, the church people. Samaritan? No, he actually goes and helps him. And I can imagine seeing the, the lawyer's face like, what? No, that doesn't make sense to me. The, the ones that we see, Jewish people in Samaria, they were not friends. This is really messy. I don't have all the time to go into history and all what happened, but they were considered half-breeds. See, that was a systemic racist problem even back then. You know what overcame it? The gospel. You know how racism gets changed in this city? The gospel. Nothing else. It is our job as people in this city to love our neighbors as ourselves and to stand up against hate, against racism, against violence and say, no, we are the church of Jesus Christ and we're not going to stand for this anymore. The Samaritan goes, the least likely. Can I be honest? The city thinks that we're the least likely to go do something in the church because the church has taken 10 steps backwards. 
hello. They're looking at us like, that's the least likely people to do. We'll put our hope in this, put our hope in that. It's all fine, whatever. The Samaritan goes and helps the man, bandages him up, puts him on his donkey, and takes him to the inn and says, hey, I'm going to pay for this guy. I'm going to take care of this guy. Hey, if he has more stuff that he needs to buy or more things that he wants, put it on my tab because I'll be back and I'll pay it. And I'll make sure that this guy's taken care of. The most least likely person of that time, Jesus says, well, this person goes and does it. He doesn't say, that's not my neighbor. Oh, they hurt me. Man, they don't like my family. You know the history of, uh, of hate that's been around for this? Job? No, he just, Jesus says, this man goes and helps this person. He has pity on him, but he didn't stop at pity. He went to action. See, if you're going to live with hands open wide, we got to go the extra mile. We gotta, we gotta go the extra time. We gotta put more effort in. We gotta go, guys. We have one shot. Jim being real passionate about this. Yeah, because I, I say it all the time. I don't know what is gonna happen when I walk out that door. I have no idea. My life could end like this. And you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to get before heaven. I don't want to get before God. And he said, JP, you wasted time. You wasted time. I put people in your path. I put that guy in your path. You wasted time. You didn't love your neighbor. I want us to be a church that loves our neighbor. I want us to be a church that doesn't say, hey, that's too big, too messy. I want to be a church that says, let's go out and let's change this city from the inside out. Amen? I'm going to close with this. This is powerful. See, when you think about this, you think, well, i got to do all this. It's a works thing that comes, right? Anybody think that? My hand's up. Well, i got to go and serve. i got to go and give. I got No, you're missing the point. The point is this, is that we were the ones left on the, on the road dead, beaten up, bruised. Jesus came into your life, that was you. That was me. On the road, beat up, left half dead, walking like I'm a dead man walking, have no life, no joy, no peace, no nothing. And Jesus comes walking along and says, hey, my son, I paid for you on a cross. My blood was poured out for you. Let me love you. Come into my, come into, come on, come on. And he puts me up on his shoulders. I imagine Jesus putting me up on his shoulders like this is my kid now. He takes me, puts, puts me in the end, takes care of me, says, hey, this is on me. This is my kid. I'm going to take care of this kid's path from here on out. Father, today, I pray, God, that you will strengthen us from on high. That you, God, will help us to be a good neighbor. To love those around us. Every single person around us, God. God, no matter what they look like, no matter what they think, no matter what they believe, God, would you help us to love our neighbors like you love them. 
God, would you give us eyes to see people the way you see them? God, would we live a life that is truly hands open wide? God, that we could go and we could serve, we could give, we could go above and beyond everything that is asked of us, God, that we will not get caught up in our own self. But God, that we will have the cross in front of us. That Jesus, you didn't stop halfway, you went all the way for us. And in that, Jesus, you called us to do the same. So God, would you give this church, this house, I'm asking today, that you would strengthen and give this house the courage to be people that live with hands open wide. God, break break religious spirits in our hearts. Break selfishness in our heart, oh God. God, break break uh, the, the vision that we have of how we see this city, God. Break it in us. May we see the city the way you see it, oh God. God, help us to love our neighbors. God, today we lift our hands to you, God. We ask, God, that we need you to be in control. We need you to help us. We need you to guide us. We need you to direct us. Jesus, we thank you that while we were dead and left on the road, you picked us up and you claimed us as your own. So, Jesus, we love you in this place today. We give you all the praise in this place today. We give you all the honor in this place today. Come on, church. Can we?